Hey everybody, welcome to my favorite episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout we have ever recorded. I am Garrett Callender. I am here with Jimmy Fax and Chris Miggs. Currently shaking with excitement. Everybody is shaking and I'm not going to bury the lead. Jimmy Fax just got back from Iceland. He has been under a rock in a glacier. He has no clue, guys. He was literally in a cave. I was, I've literally spent the last three days riding skis on top of glaciers, spelunking inside of glaciers, and been on an airplane. I'm very tired. And I, I got back from the airport and I literally, I tell my wife on the way back from the airport, I go, honey, uh, it's going to be hard to stay awake, but I have work tomorrow. I work West Coast hours. That makes the time adjustment even harder because it's normally a five-hour difference. I have an eight-hour difference I'm wrestling with. She said, but honey, I've got about a minimum, an absolute government minimum of seven hours of wrestling. I'm going to need to watch as soon as we get home. Now, that said, we get home. I go to take a shit. I post some pictures of myself in the glacier on Instagram, as one does. I then... I turn on my, my, my iPhone. Now I had my other phone. I have an Android that I'd been using, but I had not turned on my iPhone. I see that there is 458 messages on my iPhone. I immediately jumped to my group text with you guys and, and Derek. And I just see that the last most recent message at that point is Garrett screenshotting my Instagram post saying fax is under a glacier as the wrestling world is on fire and then i just i ask you guys i just go guys i'm guessing there's some stuff to catch up on how do i do this so here's where we're at listeners you know more than i do these guys certainly know more i have seen dynamite i caught up on most of dynamite i didn't see the six-man tag match I saw the very first match on the pay-per-view. I didn't watch any of Rampage. I saw the first match of the pay-per-view. Then I had a customer service issue. Bleach Report's the worst. I'm never going to even try to use them again. So I know that it was a horrible ladder match that ended in Stokely Hathaway with a chip and a, a masked man, the Joker, winning. So... I'm going to run through what some of my initial thoughts are. Oh, and two two additional things. I only have two wrestling-related spoilers. I had been posting to Instagram because of my social media feeds. That is the one that has the least wrestling on it, typically. But I was spoiled on two things from this weekend. One, I saw a picture of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega with the six-man titles. Two, I saw a peach picture of Beast Man with blood on his face. I was presuming <laughs> that was from Parking Lot War Games. At the Buffalo Wild Wings, but I, I don't know. That actually know. wasn't blood. That was sauce. Um. It was barbecue sauce. So a couple things that ran through my head. Yeah. I, I will be, facts. Before you start with your theories, Garrett and I have a couple of things we want you to know. I want to Tarantino this for you. And then maybe this gets you to some of your theories. Okay. All right. Okay. So, you, so let's. So- Yeah, a completely uh, just random part of the end. This is real, mind you. Wait, are we are we recording now? Or I mean, I know we're recording, but this is the real thing now. Yes, this is totally real. Okay, this is what I'm about to say is not shoot or is not uh, is not a work. This shoot happened at some Mm -hmm. point in the story we're about to tell you. Towards the end, 
Ace Steel backstage bit Kenny Omega. Wait. Ace Steel, who was to a casual viewer, a well, nobody did casual viewer, and kind of like like an obscure backstage guy who suddenly showed up on TV for the first time ever, mm-hmm. just a couple days ago. Correct. And is now Said CM the Punk's word on TN- TBS. Yeah, he was on TBS. He CM Punk's friend gave him a motivational speech, slapped him, I believe. Um, presumably that was part of the script. Um, I'm guessing biting Kenny backstage, probably not part of the script. Um, all right. Well, so here's a couple of things <laughs> that were going through my head. Okay. Uh, as things that might have happened, right? Cause I'm like, I, and I even read back to my wife and I say, Hey, you remember my friend Garrett? And his wife gave birth like less than two weeks ago. And he said that she said me not knowing was hysterical and we were going to have a great podcast. So I'm like, this has got to be historic like news. Mm-hmm. So part of it was like, okay, Moxley uh, just legit killed someone. I thought that was a possibility. I thought Tony, I didn't think it was anything with WWE related because then one of my siblings i think would have texted me and i didn't see any from them in that that timeline although Mm -hmm. again i've been staying away from any texts from any party that might you know be 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 privy to to spoilers here um so then it ran through my head well maybe like tony khan bought new japan or something like that like maybe i was thinking first like maybe bought wwe (laughs) maybe bought new japan the the joker guy Kind of had a little bit of an Okada, not a Okada, like a Naito type vibe. So I was thinking that obviously Will Ospreay was just there and, and there's a lot of stuff. So some of that was going through. But then I was really thinking through the spirit of like, okay, let me take myself back to before I went to Iceland. Kind of what was going on in the industry? What were we hearing about? And it was like a lot of people being really unhappy, right? You heard about a lot of talent being really unhappy. Mm-hmm. A lot of fighting. Yeah, we've heard about thing. this. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of that. So it's part of that was like, did, did just the wrestlers unionize out of nowhere? Or did they all like collectively do something to walk out? Sort of the opposite. Sort of the opposite. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you guys told me you needed to spoil the main event of, of, of All Out, which again, since I literally had to spend, we were... We were late to record this because I literally had to call Roku to cancel my order because it wasn't working. So tell me what you need to tell me, and then you tell me how you want to play the rest of this. So here's – let's start with this. So I I think this is a relatively important detail to this story, although weirdly incredibly minor in other ways. Mm -hmm. CM Punk beats John Moxley for the AEW title. Already don't like that, but okay. Very good very, match. Very good match back and forth. By the way, with you guys, knowing that there was a Joker on that match, when you guys said the two matches you should watch before we record are the first match and the last match, and I saw that, oh, it's the ladder match with a, a Joker, I really thought it was going to be Nick Gage. I really, really, really thought it was going to be Nick Gage. Or, or 
like again, hope against hope, beast man. But that, that man in the suit clearly, <laughs> maybe maybe Nick Cage has been working out more. His body, <laughs> maybe it could still be Nick Cage. That certainly was not beast. At the end, they show the guy in the mask. The camera pans back. He's gained about four hundred pounds. <laughs> it's like the Black Scorpion. Yeah. So at the end of the show, okay, uh, the Joker appears on the screen. Okay. After they play the old punk promo where, from from ROH that says the greatest trick the devil uh, ever played was uh, getting people to believe that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. We then revealed who the Joker was. Do you want to take a, a, just a, a firm guess at who the Joker was? Vince Russo, Shane McMahon, or Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Well, you see a video that you hear somebody say, I am the devil. And then you see a Burberry scarf go over their shoulders. Oh, okay. And before that person walks out, there's a voicemail that plays where Tony Khan says, um, I, I am going to swallow my pride on this one and give you all the money you need to come back for the benefit of the fans. And then MJF walks out and confronts CM Punk in Chicago. That's how, and to a giant pop. That's how the pay-per-view ends. In fact, I want to be clear that the excitement around that story was very large. Derek and I... People were very mad at the end of the ladder match. Like, I just watched it. People, and you guys in there must have been very confused. Because even with the commentators telling you, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like... What do they even think the rules are? Do they think Stokely Hathaway just won? <laughs> do they do they understand it, that somebody has to come to the ring and get it? It's very it was weird it was book. real Ellsworth women winning the uh, women's Money in the Bank pay per view vibes. So I want to be clear, Derek and I on the episode that you have not listened to yet. Spend well, a I was lot gonna, of- I was going to ask if that even happened, right? Because so, that's where I don't know how big this was. Well, so here's the thing. So we spent a lot of time talking about that. Mm-hmm. That story immediately became almost completely irrelevant. Okay. While we were talking, while we were talking, the actual story happened. So, so this, is at, this is at one in the fucking morning. Yeah, we're talking at one in the morning at, at a mainstay suites in Hoffman Estate, Chicago, didn't, not looking at the internet. Not the Red Roof Inn. We didn't. That was right. another thing is I thought you were going to be like Moxley came back to it with us to the Red Roof Inn and we he murdered a guy in front of us. That was another possibility. I thought there was a lot yeah. of Moxley murder thoughts that were going through so, my head. So, yeah, Chris and, and Derek, they did a great job recapping the pay-per-view for 90. Yeah, I haven't minutes. listened they, to that yet. So I, they I did will... a job that Wade Keller would be jealous of. You know, nice. they they told you how things were there. It was great. But maybe 30 minutes into them recording this pay-per-view, the, or recording that episode, the real story was unfolding live. And, and did the story unfold like while you guys were recording, or did you not see yes. it until like, afterwards? We did not see it until afterwards. So okay. we, I have not said anything on a mic about this. Wow. I, so, and, and let's, let's give the leaders this, the listeners this. So we finished at around uh, 1.15 in the morning, Garrick and I then chatted about other wrestling stuff for like an hour. I went to sleep at about 2.30 in the morning. I woke up at 5 in the morning to a text from Derek that says, you really should check out that CM Punk press conference. 
that and we know there was going to be a CM Punk press conference. It's the normal AEW media the media scrum. scrum. Okay, it's the normal media scrum. Okay, okay. So facts. Let's and let's and he is now the undisputed world champion. Correct. And okay. let's let's paint you a little picture of the media scrum. If you go to YouTube, type in All Out Media Scrum. It's on AEW's own own uh, YouTube page. Okay. Uh, about twelve minutes in, the press conference actually starts. It starts with CM Punk sitting here, covered in blood from the end of his match. Because surprise, somebody bled during the match. Yeah. And he is surrounded by trash facts. He looks like the passenger floorboard of my car. Can you bring that up a little bit, Chris? Yeah, okay. So he yeah. has he has like 12 spinnies around him and a box of muffins. Yep. Tony Khan is sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. The opening line we hear to this press conference is, did you do improv with him? Okay. Someone has said something to CM Punk about Colt Cabana. Okay. Opening question. A, of a member of the media had said A member this? of the, the, the yes. media, correct. A member of the media who uh, Punk uh, believes is friends with Cabana, but in actuality, they used to do improv together, and this guy clarifies that he does not like Colt Cabana. CM Punk says the following. I haven't had anything to do with Scott Colton in almost a decade. Probably wanted nothing to do with him even longer than that. It's fucking unfortunate that I have to come up here and speak on this when I'm on my time, and this is a fucking business. Why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. Uh... I, my relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt. I have every invoice. I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email I have. And the only reason the public did not see it is because when I finally had to counter sue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email Oh, can we please drop this? Now it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. The fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't manage a fucking target, and they spread lies and bullshit and put it into the media that I got somebody fired, but I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, bite of muffin, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. If y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. What did I ever do in this world to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Adam, Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do? What did I ever do? Didn't do a goddamn thing. It's not Tony Khan's position to make it fucking clear. Um... There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. I understand sticking up for your fucking friends. I fucking get it. I stuck up for that guy more than anybody, okay? I paid his bills until I didn't, and it was my decision not to. Um, so there's more, uh, including a line at the end where he turn or CM Punk turns to Tony Khan and says, uh, you're not one of the two people to make the most money in the wrestling business off me. The first is Vince McMahon, and the second is Scott Colton. Tony Khan, during all of this, has a look on his face like, I, 
how do I stop this? Can I stop this? Is there any way for me to stop this? And then you can see in the press conference the moment where he realizes, I cannot stop this. I have to sit here looking sad and just accept that this is happening because I don't have the balls to cut CM Punk off. The only thing that will stop CM Punk on this tirade is taking a, a sip of Spitty and again, taking another bite of what apparently are delicious muffins from a place in Chicago called Mindy's, which he specifically told us they are closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, but you should go eat their muffins. Okay. This bloody man surrounded by trash <laughs> eating muffins <laughs> trashed the locker room and said, come say this shit to my face. Like, Oh, and here's what else. Oh, oh, let's go. Uh, a couple other things he said here. Uh, oh, where's the, uh, when, a cause when asked about wrestling MJF, he said, um, why does Tony keep putting me against these fucking pricks? Um, and, and something about how, um, people don't want to listen to veterans in the locker room. People who think they know better when they've people who've never drawn a dime anywhere. Um, CM Punk is here to make make money and eat muffins, and he's all, he was all out of muffins. So, so there was the semi open, and I, I remember I think Garrett, I forget what the exact wording was, where I think you had said again in a group text like two weeks ago. I think we talked about it on the air. The is is it possible CM Punk might be an asshole? And I, I and I remember I responded even then like. Wait, that's a question? Like, we know pretty well CM Punk in real life is a complete asshole. So it sounds like this is really just pushed it kind of over the edge. He really right. let the mask completely down and maybe assumed none of the fans watch these media scrums. Well, and here's so here's the thing, facts. What I told you, while interesting, is about 20% of the story. If I he had done that. That, that actually would not be much of a story. I would not be frantically refreshing Twitter right now to make sure of things. Now, during the media scrum, there's actually, you can see a point where security guards go sprinting in the, in the backstage area. There's like a certain angle on the media scrum where you can see this because I want to be clear, people are watching the, uh, the, the uh, media scrum footage like it's the fucking Zapruder film, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and Tony Khan... During the entire time this is happening is sitting at this table with his phone off. I'm going to give this over to Garrett for a sec. Garrett, do you want to describe what we, what is the current belief about what occurred after CM Punk left that press conference? Okay, so alleged again, all of this because I am a lawyer. Allegedly, it's all alleged. Did he get all by a bunch of Marines? This is this is all alleged, kinda. Coming from different people backstage, but a lot of different media sources are kind of reporting the same thing. It has become a uh, facts. Are you a Star Wars fan? Huge Star Wars fan. Big okay. Uh, Wars. Who shot first, Han or Greedo? Uh, Han, of course. Okay. Well, CM Punk goes to his locker room. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are in that locker room. Okay. The EVPs. The EVPs that he, uh, they specifically said Nick Jackson. Tony, Tony Khan said Nick Jackson's name in that as he was apologizing to CM Punk on the side. Uh, Punk said, say this stuff to my face. It sounds like three of the EVPs were there ready to say it to his face. And uh, CM Punk allegedly, <laughs> allegedly punches uh -huh. Matt Jackson in the face, possibly knocking him unconscious. Uh, while Ace Steel 
throws well, a chair. Wait, 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 wait. By the way, I, I've seen CM Punk's UFC tapes. There's no way he knocked even Papa Buck unconscious with one of his punches. Well, no, you know, Jackson's not Matt's not the knocked out one. Nick is the one potentially knocked out because Ace Steel throws a chair at him. Okay. And then now un, it's unclear if Kenny is breaking it up or getting involved, but then that's when apparently a steel bit Kenny Omega <laughs> <laughs> while yeah. pulling his hair bites Kenny Omega facts, which sounds like something that Kenny would normally enjoy Abushi doing to him <laughs> little hair pulling and, and biting. That's just a normal Saturday night in Osaka for those two. Cause at first, and uh, uh, by the way, this is a lot of, this is like a day's worth of reporting, right? Cause the first thing that everyone hears is there's been an altercation. No one knows what's happened. Then the detail is that it happened like a little bit more of the details. We know that Nick Jackson got knocked out. We don't know exactly how. Um, here's uh, uh, facts. We're about, I don't know, maybe 50% of the way through uh, what was insane about this. Um, the police are called, right? We do know that the police, although uh, I, Sean Ross Sapp reporting that the police were not actually, maybe it was police officers at the scene. Cause there maybe would have been some, oh, I thought it was like sting and his band, the police, <laughs> they were called to kind of calm everyone down. Sting did play Chicago the week before, and my friends went and said he was delightful. Um, With Darby just, Allen. Yes. <laughs> so, what we're trying to find out right now, facts. First of all, um, the 478 group text, in large part, are all of us trying to figure out who's an asshole. Well, I mean, from what you've described, it's pretty clearly CM Punk's an asshole. It's just well, that's is sure. everyone an asshole. Is everyone an asshole, right? Because yeah. one of the things that Punk... So one of the things that's been going back and forth is that Punk was alleging that the it was the EVPs... Oh, wait, who, I'm sorry. And let me say... CM Punk's an asshole and Tony Khan's a pud. <laughs> yes. So Punk has... Punk had been saying, essentially implying or essentially saying in the interview that it's the EVPs who had been leaking to the dirt sheets that uh, they, he got Cole Cabana fired. And now Brian Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp have both said that the, the people who told them about that were ne neither of them, those cases. Was it punk or I'm sorry, was it the, the, the bucks or Nick Jack or Kenny Omega? So there, that's a going back and forth. No one apparently had an actual conversation about this in private. They've all had all of these conversations only in public about this. And I don't even remember the thing with Hangman mentioned Cabana on TV. Like, I don't remember that. That's a thing that happened. It, during their feud, uh, he did dr name drop Colt Cabana to CM Punk when they were, you know, doing a back and forth in the ring. But that's where it's like, okay, if, if really he's still ass hurt about that because like, there's not been a lot. Like I read the dirt sheets. It's not like this is front page news every day. Colt Cabana, right? Like it, the thing in like hangman said a thing and then put him over, like be an adult, <laughs> you know, drew money. That's that's the, Hogan talk. That's Bischoff talk. The last tweet, by the way, from Dave Meltzer is it's not a work. This will be obvious very soon. Uh, now, can you go ahead and read him Sean Ross Sapp's tweet from about a half hour ago? Uh, where is it? 
Right now, AEW talent have not been told anything official. Almost all I've spoken to believe CM Punk will have to go or make major amends to remain with the company. A lot of the talent haven't arrived where Dynamite is broadcasting from yet, but the heat on Punk is unreal. Haven't gotten any official word on that or suspensions. There are so many rampant done deal rumors about what is happening that it's getting almost impossible to verify. AEW isn't talking. Tony Khan, Punk, Bucks, Omega, a steel aren't. A lot of conjecture and expectations. We've learned an update on the rumored CM Punk injury, which again, I have not clicked anything on that yet. But the rumor, the other fun thing, facts, by the way, which we haven't mentioned, by the way, in the middle of this, uh, CM Punk might have torn his peck punching Matt Jackson. That sounds more like the punk I know from UFC. <laughs> um, well, but listen, of all those guys, the one, the one, there's two people in that group that that are above like uh, suspension or anything. Obviously, Tony Khan, he's not gonna cancel himself. You know, I guess he could take a sabbatical, which people have been saying, but like Tony Khan's not getting fired. He's not getting suspended. And of course, Ace Steel, he's untouchable. There's no way <laughs> AEW can keep going without Ace Steel. You you bite Kenny Omega, you throw a chair at a Jackson. If you're Ace Steel, you can get away with that kind of thing. You know, if I Ace Steel could have gotten away with what Vince McMahon couldn't. You know, I did. I just picked up on this too. Ace Steel bit someone. You know who was also allegedly in the room during this fight? Larry the dog, and he did not bite anyone. The dog didn't bite the man. <laughs> A steel bit the man because that's part of the other reporting of the story facts that we haven't talked about is we know that the Bucks went to Punk's locker room. No one is as Garrett was alluding to. No one's really sure who went first. The Bucks were certainly everyone seems to be reporting were aggressive and were saying, "Look, kind of screw you." What the hell? No one's really sure who swung first or whether the violence, whether they felt that they couldn't get out of the room. Um, This this happened. MJF has got to be sitting there going like, what the fuck? Because MJF was the biggest story in wrestling for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we'll at least get that big Long Island pop. Maybe he'll get a title shot there. Um, I mean, just with what we know of these people, right? Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks aren't exactly the the throw the first punch types, right? Like by anything like. They're Jesus, like the, the Bucks are Jesus guys. Yeah, they're big Jesus guys. Like they, they don't. Well, I guess none of them drink. Maybe they should have all had a drink after this. Um, you never heard about MJF and Cody getting into a fight after a few drinks. You ever hear about the Good Brothers? You know, getting into a big fucking shoot with Kane or something when they were <laughs> back in WWE. So, uh, I, I mean, again, maybe it's the. I've been I I I loved the the you know the story arc until about six months ago of the CM Punk return. I was a big fan. I liked it, but I was kind of done with him, so I didn't want him to go over Page. I certainly didn't want him to go over Moxley. Uh, and I don't know. He's been I and you guys know and Chris, you even know that I've been arguing with other people in another group thread that we have about like that. I'm like, guys, how do you not understand that Punk's been a heel for like months but it's maybe it's he's not working anything he's just a fucking asshole and uh i hope he's gone quite frankly from hearing this because i love kenny omega and the young bucks and fuck cm punk well that's part of i think the weird thing that we've been discussing again a lot of those 478 texts that you were talking about is the sense of like 
how do I feel about this? Like, <laughs> you know, we don't we don't know exactly what happened. We have rumors, and we have uh, some things seem but, but clear-ish. I mean, again, the, you've got three guys that seem like they wouldn't harm a fly, and then you have CM Punk, who sounds like he's got a lot of roid rage, even though he doesn't do drugs. Well, I mean, I think the part that's being left out is uh, allegedly, allegedly, Nick Jackson took CM Punk's face and just stuffed it into a pile of cocaine. Yeah, that just, that might have done that. Just that really got to him. So okay, so and and we don't know anybody else. Like Moxley's not involved in any of this. We don't know. We don't know about any of the other talent directly. Well, the once again, reports that are coming out are saying that the talent is largely behind the elite. Like almost unanimously, I believe is what Sean Ross Sapp said. Okay, yeah, that's what it sounded like. I believe Chris, there was an early rumor that Chris Daniels may have been involved somehow, although I think maybe that was just breaking it up or something. Or um, We have no reports from, on what actually may have happened to Christopher Daniels um, or if he was involved. Um, but yeah, again, all of this happening, Tony Khan well, I mean, talking. Secu- I was just going to say security, security's track record of breaking apart fights at, after wrestling shows or at wrestling shows, not very good. They all have the black shirts and the black pants. They, they, you know, Wardlow it's the same. It was the same off. guys that Wardlow beat up like thirty right. of them. <laughs> There's also, by the way, one of my, again because Bax, I, I feel like we're explaining this, but now you're getting almost the condensed version because we've been getting this in bits and pieces over the last two days. Um, like there's a there's a scene in the press conference where uh, Punk, not Punk, sorry, Chris Jericho had done a press conference, and he whispers something to Tony Khan at the end that may have been something to the effect of like there was a fight or it went down back there. So Jericho talked to him afterwards. You're saying no well, after, after Jericho's press conference, he gets up, like leans into Tony Khan and like whispers in his ear, and but it the, really the, lights the up Tony Khan's face. But the, the Jericho press conference was after the Punk. Yes, yes. Punk was first. Punk was first. Okay. He's the only Tony one in the press conference that got any muffins, though. <laughs> they were all like, out he, of muffins. He came into that fucking press conference hot with a sack of food. Just a... F- you should have, like, all these cans around him. It is... <laughs> <laughs> he tells Tony Khan at the end he should try a spin drift. He's like, don't worry, they're the non-alcoholic. You'll be fine. Have a seltzer, Tony. Um, Which I feel like may have been a subtle implication that Tony Khan uses drugs. (laughs) Uh, Some other things that came out is that uh, CM Punk did break his foot when he did that stage dive the day after he won the title. Oh, yeah. He admitted that in the press conference. Which when he did that at the time, I remember thinking he landed funny. It's going to be dumb if he's hurt. And uh, he, he was pulverized his bones. Yeah. So, so basically this... what you're saying is um, when inevitably The Rock can't do it, WrestleMania, <laughs> CM Punk, Roman Reigns, just, just sign it right now. <laughs> Vince is gone, right? I don't know what his relationship with Hunter was. I, I think he said and things about it, but Hunter will look past that. Well, that's, I was telling Chris that this whole thing, like if Vince McMahon could sit down with Tony Khan, it would be a moment like in the office when Michael Scott and Jim sit down after Jim tried to consolidate all of the birthdays into a single day and just be like, yeah, I tried too, man. It just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, the AEW imploded while you were in your glacier. But it sounds like May, it sounds like it was slowly has been imploding for weeks. And this might actually be exactly what they need to just clarify of like, oh, here's the bad guys. Let's get them out. And then we can all be friends again. Although, I mean, again, I think what a lot of people have been saying, and this might like just kind of back it up, particularly with the NFL season starting literally in two days. Um and the Manchester United season already started. Like, it, it, maybe Tony Khan should, you know, take a little step back, give himself a little couple months off from the wrestling for, for a little bit. Well, that is kind of one of the big takeaways of sort of like, well, Tony, if if the Bucks didn't, if, if Punk wasn't the one trying to get him fired, Cabana fired, um, and and the elite believes he was you had a beef to squash they they, various times over the last few months things were said on on tv that probably should have been addressed in a way that other than again cm punk clearly walking into this the press conference looking for a fight um it, it was it's kind of one of those indictments and again literally you can see like the terror on his face, the entire. I want to. I want to see if I can find a better picture um, of that because it's a, it's incredible. Watching, he looks like a guy who got too high before he went out there, and now he can't really handle what's happening around him. Mm. We've all had that at uh, Perry's stage at Lollapalooza. <laughs> all been there. You go to Perry's. You're like, I'm just gonna catch a couple songs before the next set. You come back an hour later, not knowing what planet you're on. Oh, I just watched Fiesto for two and a half hours. <laughs> I, I I missed this one, this um, punk quote from the press conference. I just want to add, uh, tell me what you feel about this one, Fax. I think Max is a supremely talented individual, but this goes for him and anyone else in the locker room who doesn't want to be here. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And Max likes to shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, now I'm just looking at my Twitter feed to see <laughs> what questions I can ask you guys. Meltzer, it's not a work. It'll be very obvious you brought that one up. Well, that was a response to a very reasonable question from uh, at Neil the Bake Show. How can this not be a work? Okay, that part's what Meltzer is responding to. But in no other line of work can you verbally and physically abuse superiors and coworkers and not either get suspended or fired. Very valid, although they're all independent contractors. But this does seem like there's, uh, you know, definitely some. What happened? Like, did no one got arrested though when the police came? Well, our understanding is no one has been arrested, although lawyers have been consulted. So that's part of the issue is that no one is exactly sure what they can say publicly yet. Um, it is a good point though that, um, you know, uh, people initially were like, "Is this?" That's the that's again again that's the other thing you missed facts that again I we left out. We should have asked you if you thought it was a work like two details in because people were initially going like, maybe this is a work. And then it was like, Oh sweet Lord, this is not a work. This is everything but a work. Chris, would you represent a steel? <laughs> I know you're a Kenny guy, but like, do you think like, uh, you know, just would you take the job? We'll see because I'm a Kenny guy and very much a tax attorney who really struggled through crim law in, um, <laughs> in law school. <laughs> I would take the job to represent a steel. 
So yeah, you get in there and you, the first question you ask is just like, you bit him? <laughs> you, you bit him? <laughs> your, your, your boy was out there angry eating muffins. And the first thing you do is bite Kenny Omega? Were Kenny, you hungry by God, from, Omega? Were you hungry from watching him eat the muffins? <laughs> he by the way, this takes, you any? This is going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of heat off Eddie Kingston. Right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, they I said mean, he's he, apologized and like things are good with Eddie. He even was tweeting like, "Hey, my fans, leave Sammy alone. He's just a kid. Like I got angry at. Like let, let it be. It's done." And from all accounts, it looks like a lot of people that were maybe supposed to be on Dynamite aren't going to be, and a lot of people that were originally not going to be on Dynamite are going to be. So I wonder if Eddie Kingston may may get a pretty nice slot on uh, when uh, tomorrow. Dan- Brian Danielson's wrestling an hour long match tomorrow. No reason why. Well, and they, what do they do? I mean, obviously, the, we haven't watched the show yet because it is currently Tuesday. Um, I mean, they have to address this, right? We can't just pretend. No, I, I think they don't address it because, A, most of the smarts, right? Most of the viewers are not smarts, right? They're on they're on TBS now, right? There's There's not a million weekly watchers reading the dirt sheets. So I think you obviously address that punk one in the only reason I guess you address it is if you're definitely like stripping over the title or something like that. And then, but I feel like they're going to think of the casuals and if they're not positive that they're doing that, I feel like you just don't mention it. And is it really, it's not that unusual for dynamite to have any given people not on the show, but they've already, They've Especially already announced MJF on the show because you can still open with MJF, right? It doesn't sound like he's involved in any of this. So you still, but got... his, his next feud is with the man who's probably going to get fired from the company. I, yeah, I feel like MJ, MJF can work around that. Are you kidding me? Way, I can't. Now this is adding a lot more gravity to because it's really seemed like some of the, even these mocks promos on Punk have been like pretty rough like where he's saying stuff like it kind of seems like this is what jonathan good the man saying this you know not not john moxley the the fictional character in AEW. that like it, that i'm gonna i'm gonna have to probably rewatch some of those mox promos because you can also just so that if just like hey moxley go out there and cut a promo on cm bunk calling him a piece of shit like just do that again. That works for both sides. That works for the casual fan that knows nothing about any of this stuff. Well, the other thing is, if Punk is either injured or fired, can we make Mox just the interim champion again? Just pretend it never happened. Just, just we're just gonna, we're just gonna wipe, star wipe the all out well, main event. People forgot of- that show happened at all anyway. You know, like it's yeah. Now I don't mind that I I had to refund my order and and haven't seen you know, five sixths of the show, although I still want to see all the six man matches. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, a lot of people were saying they thought somehow MJF was going to end up with the interim title or, or something like that. Now it's just like, I'd say he's got the briefcase or whatever they call it, the coin slot. Just give him the title. I think the fans are okay with it. Just let's go champion MJF. It might not have been the original script. Let's just go with it. They'll figure out whether it's Hangman, whether it's Moxley. A lot of, lot of potential. A lot of, lot of big matches you can do with a heel champion. 
You know, that's why I think that the heel champs have been their best runs um, because that's where you get the good challengers. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious. It's going to be interesting to see because I I was sort of searching myself today and thinking about like, if either of these people go, what does it mean for my enjoyment of the company? I feel like punk going. I like punk, but it doesn't really hurt my enjoyment of the company very much. I think if the elite were to end up leaving out of this, I would be pretty, it definitely is higher risk in the sense that a lot of the brand equity of the company comes from the elite. It's called all elite wrestling for a reason. So funny thing is I mentioned it on, on one of these recent podcasts. I watched a shit ton of WWE network on Peacock uh, when I was at my brother's house a few weeks ago. I'd been kind of thinking like I was reading and I told you guys I read the spoilers of the clash at the castle and it sounded like a pretty good show. I've been kind of having the, I don't like Vince is gone. I haven't heard of any huge sins of WWE taking Saudi oil blood money. Like I was beginning to get a little bit of that. Maybe I'm open to giving WWE another shot kind of thing. And it made me really think, but I, and I've mentioned this on the show and our old show, I only have so many hours of wrestling viewing I can fit in. And I'm like, those hours are going to come out of, out of AEW, I think. And I think, yeah, if, if the elite guys are gone, I, I may trim those hours out and start auditing Raw and SmackDown in, instead or out of a lot of that. Like, just fast forward through all of them and just watch what I like. Whereas, honestly, Punk being gone modifies my enjoyment not at all like literally not one iota it was great that night he came back it was great when he worked his first match some of the promos were great he's just the guy well i want to turn to garrett for a sec because i know garrett thinks cm punk is totally right (laughs) i mean i'll be honest when the promo came out my first thought was well you know, the, the young bucks are my guys. I've, I've followed them in Reseda. Uh, I followed them this far. Like they're always going to be my guys. But that being said, he didn't say anything that sounded like I, I believed CM Punk. Like as somebody who's not a fan of his, like I CM Punk came after I quit watching wrestling and was gone before I started watching it again. You know, um, he just, it seemed like he was telling the truth. Uh, was any of the punching right? No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't punch and your friends shouldn't bite. But he was, um, but again, from everything you guys are telling me, he wasn't right. Right. Cause he was saying that the elite were the ones that, that were talking about Cabana and the guys that wrote those articles have said it wasn't. Well, I, I believe also... that he believed what he was saying. Right. Well, but that's it. That's how like a defining characteristic of assholes, right? Like, <laughs> Every villain in every movie ever believes in what they're doing. It's true, but do all those villains just have bad information? Some of those guys, like, have more ill intentions. I feel like, I don't know. There's problems at AEW. If the if the elite leave, I will be very sad. Will I still tune in to see some really, really good wrestling from other people? Yeah, of course. Uh, will I watch less? Absolutely. Because uh, I watched my first live Rampage. And you know what? That show sucks. Yeah. Uh, that show is really, really bad. It's I mean, not a good you, show. 
I I couldn't that, believe what they're doing over there. As as of now, that's that's where I'm gonna give WWE a little in. I again, I am a cable subscriber. I'm not gonna get Peacock yet, but like I'm kind of like I'm gonna audit the dirt sheets, and I think that 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 Rampage hour has already been reallocated to to like Roman Reigns, whoever he's feuding with. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I think Tony, this hopefully Tony Khan gets it that this is like a symptom, not the disease. This is like regardless of who's gone or who's suspended or what, like it, it's Tony Khan's problem, and he's he's got to either fix it or find somebody else to fix it for him. It's also amazing that really, truly, all of this comes back to Cole Cabana. Although I do think sometimes there are people out there who are like Cole Cabana, who's he? Cole Cabana, very important guy. First wrestling podcast. We're all here because of Cole Cabana, right? Helped uh, get wrestlers onto one-hour tees, which became pro wrestling tees, right? Right. Cole Cabana is a very important guy. And I think sometimes I actually think Punk, uh, like, doesn't uh, – I think he made a mistake bringing this out because I think he'd done a good job of, like, most people were not thinking about this. Again, dirt, you know, people who read this stuff were focused on it, but, like, most people did not care. And now, if CM Punk is at AEW Dynamite in three weeks, which who knows, um, right. I will be chanting Cole Cabana at him. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. So, wait. So, what else do we know about Beastman War Games? Because I feel like that that there's a big gap that 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 we haven't covered yet. There. The problem is this all happened, and none of us even thought about trying to figure out where we could watch it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get on that, viewers. Hopefully, uh, facts. I mean, actually, b- between now and our next podcast, Chris and I will have seen the glory that is beast man in person again. I do have to ask you this facts. Um, I know we're probably going to wrap up soonish. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, but asleep here. what's the furthest away from where you're sitting? How far uh, would you be willing to drive to see Al snow do stand up comedy? Um, I guess my living room is a flight of stairs and that would be a coin flip. What's the matter with you? What's I matter with doing stand up comedy? That it's like saying, I, or I could have uh, Lord Tensai give me a dick piercing, be like, uh, you know, that is no, that's not that you, you don't like Al Snow, you wouldn't drive 90 minutes outside of Chicago to go see Al Snow do stand-up comedy like on the eve well, I've of also seen a lot of wrestlers games. do comedy, which has really turned me off to wrestlers doing comedy. Uh, I mean, you know, Dolph Ziggler did ruin it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, you also, you did miss that um, 90 minutes from Schaumburg in a town of 3,000 people, Al Snow did stand-up comedy uh during labor day weekend nice did anyone see it that we know of i mean if a tree falls in the woods does it make a sound i don't know man (laughs) i don't think (laughs) uh what are we doing guys are we we like this was fun like this was this what you were expecting like was is this like wrestling 9-11 to you what happened that's what it felt like by the way for us uh, 
yeah, I mean, I think maybe because the way you guys were, were talking about it, I, I, I honestly, it, it's a little bit, the sky was especially blue, you know, like where it's like, oh, CM Punk is a huge prick and all the guys backstage hate him. Okay. But what was the story? Like, yeah, like the degree of it and, and it, it like how blatant he's saying it on AEW's actual scrum. Uh, but it's it certainly uh, it's it's not in my mind in one of the biggest stories ever kind of camp. Oh, are you kidding me? This I, facts. This is our Montreal. This is the next generation of Montreal. People are going to be dissecting this like the like forever in the way that I I think people still talk about Montreal and ask who was to blame and who was at fault. People are going to be talking this about is, this forever. This is going to be a Conrad thing and a Starcast. <laughs> Six years from now, like Punk talks of he's like, and then they steal bit him. <laughs> it could be it could be like 30 days from now, because Punk might not have anything else to do, so he might be available <laughs> to do a Conrad pod. And maybe that's what Conrad talked about, that he's on to bigger and better things. <laughs> By the way, there was one part of me that I, I thought of okay, who I thought it had to do something with the mystery man, and I guess the MJF angle had a little bit to do with it. But I honestly was like, I was thinking through who could be the mystery man that would be the biggest like us story? Cause that was the other thing I was like, is this a actual industry story or is this a story for our particular inner circle? So I was like, that mystery man is either like Okada beast man or Ric Flair. Those <laughs> were the three names that went through my head. And then when they seemed like they were setting up like, Oh, Stokely Hathaway's with someone that he's going to be the Joker that he's going to give it to. I was just like, it could be Ric Flair. It totally could be. Until it came out, it was clearly not an elderly man. If Ric Flair did that finger wag, his like shoulder would have popped out of his socket and (laughs) it would have been a dead giveaway. He would have blacked out again. I also, before we go, I do have a question for you, Fax, about something else we've been talking about recently. Uh Uh-huh. Fax, if... If one person was removed from the roster of Control Your Narrative, how much would it change your willingness to go to the show in a couple months? If one person were removed from it? Yeah. Yeah, one one person. I don't know. Is there? A, am I forgetting someone from Control Your Narrative that I don't like or something? Uh, no, someone that, that might... How do I put this? The show might feel a little bit less big. Without this person? Yeah. Uh, well, without the the founder EC three, EC three sticking with it. Yeah. Think taller, think wider. The the brown snowman, snowman. He debuted on Raw last night. Yeah, I I thought I saw something like that as I was scrolling through my Twitter feed. I saw him throwing a chair at Roman Reigns. We all will always have Meat King. Braun will always have Meat King. <laughs> yeah, at least he 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 he. He wasn't there for the narrative. He was there for the seasoning. And once he got that, he actually told Hunter, as soon as the business, he goes, Hunter, you just got to wait a couple of more weeks. Um, I will answer your calls eventually. I got to get the seasoning out. That's my 2022 goal. Then we can talk about the millions and the TV spots. Did I see that Braun Strowman in an interview said something about control your narrative will likely not exist in 2023? I swear I saw that on Twitter. I I have not seen that, but really, does that require speculation? 
what he's saying is if you want that shirt, you better get it now so that you can wear it to wrestling shows for years and get a smile from everyone who sees it. <laughs> oh, facts. I Thank you I'm, for hiding just, under that rock, man. This was, this was a, my favorite way to get to talk about this. I just want to know. I just want to get something from John Moxley on the topic. Like that's I like I'm with you. I really am very interested in what happens on their television product this coming week. Um, I am also jazzed that hopefully we can work it that yes, AEW's next pay-per-view is, is literally like two miles from my house or three miles from my house. It is the week that we're supposed to be Mexico city, but it sounds like we may be able to uh, call an audible to a different weekend and uh, get both. Although fun fact, uh, they're doing Rampage in the same building the night before. Uh, we will not be there. No. No. <laughs> I, I, like, I have to cross two rivers. Fax literally <laughs> just has to roll out of bed. And Fax is like, <laughs> not going to happen. If Chris has to cock a wagon to get there, he isn't doing it. I, I, would, I would take free tickets on like an Al Snow's stand-up show. Because I, I can, like, to be clear, I can literally, and I have literally walked home from Prudential Center shows before, including AEW when it's been there. So I don't know. Even I'm also just kind of curious what happens at a live, because I'm assuming they do the hour rampage and then you get some good matches. So I'm, I'm assuming it's just kind of like, oh, just come after rampage is over and watch the rest. Or I'm fuck, man. That you're, you're they've been having these six-man tag matches on rampage. Those have been good. I'm worried that if you skip Rampage, you're going to miss that in the seats is a little flyer that says, just pop on over to Washington, D.C. and catch Al Snow. <laughs> just, just a quick jaunt. And it's like two hours after uh, full gear. So you have to miss the main event to make it by its set. Uh, but man, I just... to see an Al Snow. I just... Um, I just, I, I don't know. It would be interesting what the WWE angle of this, of like, does, does, if Punk does get fired, is he just like, you know, fuck it. Like, again, Vince is gone. It's a whole new thing. Do I, I'm in shape. You think there's no way he goes to WWE? No, there's already been WWE people say like, this is why we didn't want him back. They're like, yeah, you're fair. seeing the asshole that we didn't want. And I was telling Chris, Wait, like. Judge CM Punk or Ace Steel too? Because, <laughs> well, of course they want Ace Steel, but like, yeah, okay. gonna put a fucking Hannibal Lecter mask on the guy now. <laughs> um, the footage did surface where Ace Steel played Donald Trump in an angle for WWE a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I I was telling Chris though that right now Tony Khan is somewhere just wishing that CM Punk would have a wedding again so that he could uh, he could just get rid of him. All right. Well, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting watching uh, AEW uh, television. I'm. uh... Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we can go ahead and wrap this one up. But hey, Chris, at some point, I want to get on here and talk to you about uh, Art of War Games, because that show was one of GCW's best shows of the year. It was a great maybe we can maybe we can fold it into the JCW talk next week because there's a lot we tried to do jcw gcw Beastman war games i don't think i'm gonna be able to watch all of those things by next time but 
you can spoil me on anything I haven't caught up on by then. Okay. Um, if I'll, we can find Beastman War Games. Also, I assume nothing will have happened with this AEW story that won't warrant us hopping on again before then. I Yeah, I have a feeling that basically tomorrow at some point it's going to be like, I don't know, do you still want to hop on after, after Dynamite? It feels like we should talk about it. I, I think I really, this is about as far as I can go of not talking about beast man. So, you know, maybe <laughs> you guys want to do that. I'll be back for the beast man episodes. That's Fairfax. You've been on airplanes. You've been in glaciers. You ate, uh, you ate some shark. You well, know, and, I, and I assume beast man was probably frozen in a glacier when he thawed out. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm going through the experience of how beast man has discovered the modern world. Well, you, you actually found his brother frozen in that glacier. You're living some Encino man hell right now. You're going to bring him to the show and they're going to find out their relatives. That's could be. And on that note, thanks everybody for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit that five star. Give us a review. Don't be a pud. We love you. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs> <laughs>